changing academic life. I'm Geraldine Fitzpatrick, and this is a podcast series where academics and others share their stories, provide ideas, and provoke discussions about what we can do individually and collectively to change academic life for the better. Today I'm talking with Tom Rodden. He's a professor of interactive computing at the University of Nottingham and co-founder of the Mixed Reality Lab there. And he's currently on secondment as deputy CEO to the Engineering and Physical Sciences Research Council in the UK. This is a long podcast, uh, but there's so much in this one, so it's worth sticking with. We cover loads of topics from personal career choices and what drives him in his research and dealing with insecurities and rejections We also cover bigger issues around funding models and metrics and what universities are about. He also discusses being part of a two academic family and having kids and their strategies for managing this. You're in for a treat. So, Tom, thanks for taking the time to talk with me today. so you, you come from a computer science background. You did your computer science PhD at Lancaster. Yeah. And when did you move to Nottingham? Uh, 2001. 2001. And if I remember, you were one of the sort of very younger sort of people to be made full professor at Nottingham. Yeah, at well, yeah I'm, I'm, I've been very lucky, very fortunate. Um, I mean, I think uh, my first, first grant that I had was was call, first substantial grant was comic yes. which was so so somehow i ended up very early in my career having the job of managing 12 sites distributed across europe with a very large budget so it wasn't a kind of it was very much a kind of dropped in the middle of something <laughs> so how did that happen because you were you were you were a sort of relatively young researcher. So, this was at Lancaster and Comic is a was a European funded yeah, project. Yeah, so, so so let's see. So at that point, so my PhD, um, I was doing doing software engineering, um, but again was fortunate enough to meet a range of people in doing that PhD. Um, that we developed. Um, there was a little bit of funding for some networks for us to meet together, so a kind of collection of us um, kind of started working in in an area that had emerged in terms of CSCW. So this was very early in the CSCW and development and kind of CSCW stuff. So so this so this allowed us the kind of we were lucky to kind of be in a field where we didn't have to displace. So we could get on and do. So it wasn't that there was a range of senior people who'd charted a whole research area for us. We were fortunate enough to be in a space where what is the research issue and what are the research problems we were able to help shape and form. So, so as so, a collection of um, myself, the likes of Steve, likes of Steve Benford, who ended up it can eventually ended up working with people like Paul Durish, people. Um, um, Kelchmidt, um, Liam Bannon, Liam Bannon yeah. um, Wolfgang Prince, um, all of these kind of people um, were able to kind of f- essentially form an identity and a research agenda. Um, so, so we ended up with quite a strong European flavoured 
because this um, was multiple CSW. countries, and so not just was 12 multiple, sites. So it's but, multiple countries yeah. and multiple disciplines. So how did you get together? Was it meeting at conferences? So, so, uh, so it was meeting at conferences originally, and then, as I said, there was a, a funding mechanism in Europe for, for um, working groups um, called COTEC, which allowed us to get together and have scientific meetings. Um, what was nice about that was... Um, what, what retrospectively was it was scientific meetings with low volumes of funding but no massive deliverable pressure mm. so that allowed us to actually talk and think right. uh, probably a little bit more than we they, they, they we would um at that point in our careers um and it was uh actually the, the, i think the main thing the the main thing i look back on all of that um and actually as part of that, my dialogues with John Hughes um, and John Hughes and others, and Dan Shapiro and others, and so in terms of understanding the relationship between kind of sociology and software engineering requirements, um, all of that kind of emerged in that similar time frame. And actually, the big driver for that was just having fun, just enjoying the endeavour. Um, and it was no more planned than doing things that were enjoyable. I suppose, suppose now in my new role, because I'm, I'm, I'm in a role where it's more about the kind of stewardship of, of things, my worry would be whether the system allows the same space, yes. allows, allows um, and allows the same risk taking. And actually, there's been quite a lot in the computer science literature about this as well. Um, so I've been part of the industry of metrication, of research, um, and, and it has its swings and its roundabouts. And one of the, one of the things that you, one of the things I'd kind of reflect on is whether we create enough space for people to not get overly worried about metrication um, and about their things. So... And this has been you know. a theme that's come up mm. in different ways yeah. you know, with different people. Yeah. The push to deliver more and more and, yeah. and, and counting, the importance of counting yeah. and yeah. That, the ways in which that's shaping the yeah. sorts of research questions we're asking, the sorts of methods we're taking yeah. and needing to have sort of short, much shorter yeah. term perspectives. Yeah. And I think, I, think that's, I think that's true um, and I think that's, that's a concern that, that's a concern that we have to think carefully about. Um, so let, let me try and unpack that a little bit in terms of what I mean. Um, so just before yeah. that, just to yeah. say, the, when you yeah. talked about your new job, yeah. you're now the deputy yeah, CEO so, of so, the UK so, uh, Science and Engineering Funding Council, yeah. EPSRC. Yeah, so, so you I, were a professor at Nottingham University in charge of or you know, directing. So, the, so, so the journey that I labs. the journey that I've kind of made is from. From from PhD through running and organising um, various large scale interdisciplinary endeavours at different sizes, um, I'm now seconded to my funder, to the principal funder in the UK, um, as their deputy CEO. So that gives me a remit of creating and setting the environment within which this research takes place now. So. The US equivalent to this might be colleagues that have gone to sabbatical into NSF to do the similar programs. Um, the the size and scale of it 
varies and scares the willies out of me um, in, in terms of what it is, but but it's an it's an interesting diff so it gives me a different lens. So yes. so how so so I now ha understand both sides of what what happens and why it happens. Um so unpacking you know. the uh, metrification. So 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 I think the metric metrification thing's kind of interesting. So <clears throat> so I think the um I think I'm not I I I worked at a period in time that felt to me at that time that interest, curiosity and fun were the determinant factors for my research agenda. Um, and that allowed certain things to happen. Um, I'm one of the biggest kind of assets, I think, different researchers have different skills um, and you have to actually understand what you, you yes. bring and what your skills yeah. are. And for me, energy, enthusiasm and making connections is kind of lies at the core of what I do in research. Um, and kind of a bit of kind of passion and enthusiasm is what normally drives drives me. Um, and having that gave us that was an environment where that that just amplified and fostered at that yeah. point. So and, I did vision. Yeah, because yeah, both yeah. the comic project yeah. was really visionary, sort of in, at yeah. the forefront of yeah. new relationships yeah. between sociology, technology, yeah. and CSCW, and the Equator yeah. project was similarly that yeah. in the very early days yes. of Ubicom. Yes, and yeah. and and I think part of part of that's about making connections, building things, putting spot and synergies, and doing things. I think that that's an inclination that I, I generally have, but. So I so I've been fortunate enough to be able to actually um, be able to do that and not care. By which I mean, I I've often because it's interesting because it leads somewhere and because there's a bit of kind of exciting new thing has been my determinant factor for things. Rather, and I've never thought strategically about it. Mm -hmm. So, and, um, you would not think that looking back, would that, you? That, I, I, I genuinely have not yeah. made a choice yeah. based upon I wish a position X or do a position Y. It's just been pretty much kind of doing interesting things and hoping um, with interesting people. People. So, so even in this, even in the interview for this role, I was asked. You know, I did point out that I really don't have a career plan. <laughs> I have a career. It's a slightly different thing, um, and that's not to say that people shouldn't have those, but. But my my experience through this has unfolded based upon doing the things that captivate me at the moment in time, so and that's both positive and negative. Yeah. You know, the positive is it's great fun. Yeah. The negative is uh, the negative is managing yourself. So I want to come back to the managing yourself. But the thing about doing things that yeah. are fun and the, it, yeah. it sounds like doing things that are fun. Bringing this positive energy, yeah. having a good team around, yeah. and doing it in this sort of these—all yeah. of these have been yeah. big collaborative undertakings. Yeah. By doing what you're doing today well, yeah. then what happens tomorrow is sort of take. It sounds a bit philosophical, but sort of what happens tomorrow then takes care of itself because you've taken care of today's research, and then the so, other things have sort of emerged out of that. I think I think there's a little bit of that. There's a little bit of um, there's a little bit of um, focusing and doing the job. Rather than thinking of where the job takes you, yes. um, so I've tended to to, to 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 do it that way. Now that's not to say that the um, you know the the you know the 
that's not to say that you can't don't have moments when you go, oh, why you know that where you feel you should be doing something else, or you should mm. be thinking, mm. oh, shouldn't I be doing this, or shouldn't I be trying to do this? It's not, it's not, it's not to say that. Um, yeah, I think. I think the way that I'd probably put this, because I had this conversation with some 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 someone about this. I think I've got lots of drive, and occasionally that looks like ambition, but it's drive. Mm-hmm. And there's a subtle difference. And for me, there's an a di- for me difference. there's a difference. Yeah. For me, it's for me it's not about getting to a point; it's about doing the things and driving forward. Right. So the and yeah. I could interpret that yeah. as the drive being about. A passion for the thing that you're researching yeah. and what's interesting, yeah. whereas ambition is about me and putting myself forward. I, 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 so, so it's, and targets and achieving things. Yeah. So, so it's um, in some ways the achievements in my head um, are 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 incidental things that happen yeah. along the way yeah. rather than the purpose of why because I do you've things. done good work or interesting work that you yeah. enjoy. Yeah. and uh, you know. The, and I'm privileged you, enough to be able to do it. And your outputs achievements are certainly many. You know, you're an ACM fellow and a British Computer Science uh, Society <laughs> fellow and a SIGCHI Academy member and an H index of sixty something, sixty one. So, you know, there's those so, achievements have certainly followed. Yes. No. 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 <laughs> You, again, you know me well enough to know what what the next thing is, and now I can tell you all about my failures. Yeah, because um, that's because actually that's what dominates my most people's lives. I actually I think I think it's those are things that are kind of incidental. One of the dilemmas of being a researcher is is you preoccupy and you fixate on the difficult, the complex and the hard to do, which means that you focus on the things that are failing um, and remember those more than any of these things. So so there's a big danger. Um, there's a big danger of not celebrating your own success, mm-hmm. um, of which I, I, I tend to I tend to get a little bit kind of um, a little bit kind of uncomfortable talking about like, mm-hmm. these things. So yeah. so in all of these um um, say Kai awards and other words I feel a bit funny about them and, I, and, I, and I, you know that's not f- and it's not genuinely I don't think it's false modesty and I don't think it's an unusual orientation mm. I think I think most people um, most people kind of want to shuffle <laughs> shuffle those things off and then get on to the next thing um, and I think it's I think that's so one of the things about um so I, I I work in I work in a, in an environment now which is where significant funding decisions get made, and so we're sitting in a room here, which is one of the rooms that I've been previously interviewed in, um, and I also and I I mentioned to the funding the staff here at EPSRC that a little bit of my soul has died in every one of these rooms. And I can tell you the grants I didn't get mm-hmm. in every single one of those rooms. So you do have, despite all your many successes of getting huge grants, you do have experiences of not getting grants. I have more experiences of not than I do of getting. Um, and I think that's... Um, and actually, the other thing about this is every one of my failed grants were my best ideas because they would have been perfect. They would have worked. You know, so there is a kind of sense of, and I think actually understanding that 
and controlling that sense of not not research is never perfect it never pans out perfectly and actually you 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 get kind of remembering the things you've done and successes you've had is mm. quite important yeah. and it's something that something that I think I tend to get driven much more by insecurity than by than by confidence so as an individual. So how do you deal with, when you do get rejections, you know, proposals, do you have papers rejected as well? Oh, all the time. <laughs> um, how, do you deal, how do you deal with rejections? Well, obviously, obviously, you're reviewer three. I, <laughs> reviewer two. You're, you're, well, you're the one, yeah. I'm the main um, Right, so, so, so we do it all the time, managing the rejection. Um, uh, so some of it comes with age. And balance. Um, um, so it takes a long time before it doesn't feel personal. Um, so, so I remember a number of people would say things about, "Oh, well, don't take it personal," and you're going, "Well, it is personal. <laughs> it is me." Um, and, and so it takes a long time before you 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 kind of aggregate and see things as being mm. part of a system. Mm. Um, so you don't not personalising the failure. And that takes a while. That's emotionally takes a while, yeah. take a long time to do that. So I think that's part part of kind of kind of dealing with that. Um, there's also I think a sort of general um general robustness that kind of just just ultimately develops in that in the the rejection and failure um you you've got to work through you've got to work through if it's a paper rejection you've got to just generally work through that and not to use an old Scots word on it not mither about it not mm-hmm. make angst over it yeah. be the dominant thing um, work through it reflect on it a little bit and then kind of move on generally to kind of the next set of things um, and. In terms of the kind of general rejection, that general kind of sense of those things, um, I've let's see, um, you know, I, I, my success rate. Yeah, the way I, the way I actually do this when I, when I talk to others about it is that the statistics are useful for you to think about and remember. The statistics universally apply. Um, the success rate. And somewhere like Kai's 21, 22%. I, I hit roughly that curve. Mm-hmm. Over, oh, if I sample over a four or five year period, I'll hit that curve. And so some years it'll be zero. Some years it'll be 60, but the average sticks out at 20. And I think we've got to, you've got to actually just kind of take some solace in that. Yeah. Take some solace in, in that. Um, in that. You've got to also take some sol- solace in the fact that, that you know, you you don't get the articulation of your ideas right first time, so so you're at, you're in a process of refinement. It's not and not to you know both in terms of proposal and terms of so it's a process of refinement and improvement and, and taking what the lessons of improvement are. And that's not to say there have not been moments where I've actually actually had a little cathartic rant um, about the. The, about the inability of um, various people to read sentences as clearly yes. written in the introduction, we all do, and we all have. But again, these things balance out over time. You know, it's you know just the kind of general nature of that. You know, 
And this also connects back to the metrification thing mm. as well, doesn't it? Because one of the one of the reasons why we can be yeah. angstful about it isn't just that you know, yeah. the thing that we've been rejected, but um, you know, my publication count won't be so high, or I won't have that Kai paper yes. on my CV or when I go yeah. for promotion. And and I think that's uh, I think um, so. Let's let's do. I think there's two parts of that. I think it's um, I still am. Uh, quite, I think I'm still quite naive. Yeah, so I'm still hold on to a very simple truism. Um, so when I first started, um, the person who was my supervisor, supervisor, my academic grandfather, so to speak, on this occasion, we were having a conversation. He says, and the bit of advice that they gave me just as I started my career was interesting. Says, People give you lots of advice about how to manage your career. Lots of advice about work in this area. Do this, don't do this. Think about presenting your PhD in a particular sets of way. It says, you know, it says, my, you, my advice to you would be really simple. Do good work and everything else sorts itself yeah. out. Yeah. So, so I think, I think when you get irritated, you get disappointed. I, my thing is, well, let's go do some good work. Yeah. And, and, and I'm still, Still think the system is sufficiently strong and sufficiently motivated by by genuinely strong intellectually driven academics that good work surfaces ultimately um, and and focusing on the quality of what you do and being honest to the quality of what you do I think all works so so I think that'd be one of the ways I'd um, and uh, and then I think there is a responsibility to people like myself in the role I have at EPSRC now, or myself as a senior member of a community like uh, a fellow, like, uh, you know, and as a member of the metrication to ensure the metrications recognise that truth and reflect that truth. And I think that and I think Are that's they? where can metrification ever well capture sort of the nuances that you're talking so, about and the subtleties so, of so it can, it can trajectory, career so, trajectories. So, so, um, so let's look at metrication and unpack it. So they, so, so, and, and I think this is where checks and balances have to start to be applied. So metrication in the hands of, metrications when not properly used, not properly thought through and not, not properly interpreted are extremely dangerous. This is why in the UK, our learned societies have made clear statements about it. I believe have made clear statements about it. This is also why for the UK, where there's a really strong emphasis in terms of what's called the REF, um, that, that metrication is, is, you know, metrication is interpreted in a particular way and interpreted by it with a, with a balance of expertise. So, so I think, I think no, it can't in and of itself, but it has to be understood and interpreted. And I think part mm. of, part of, of what has to happen here is a signalling of the limits of that mm. um, and the limits of that metrication. So that speaks to a responsibility that each of us has in any situation where uh, we're talking metrics, yeah. that we bring the perspective that reminds us, reminds ourselves and the people that we're talking with about interpreting metrics. Yeah. Yes, indeed. And, 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 and I think... Not I've, just taking it Not taking... Yeah. So... Um, and, and I think there's a whole range of... There's there's a kind of whole classic range range of this. I mean, it's um, you know, um, I was part of a grouping that wrote a response to metrics, okay, um, and uh, 
Andrew Herbert was the person who provided this piece of information. Supporting who was, metrics? Who, or no, uh, it was a governmental and, response onto whether we should use metrics mm -hmm. to drive and measure mm. our scientific base, right? So citations was the piece. And um, uh, and uh, computing's great because computing lets you do a really simple trick, right? And the really simple trick you do at policymakers, Andrew Herbert did, he says, one has to be careful that you don't compound um, the notion of citation with the notion of impact and influence. Okay? The number of citations that Tim Berners-Lee's initial paper on HTTP got was tiny. Yes. It's had some impact, was as he phrased a it. A little bit of impact. So, so, so there is a kind of sense of, of, of like, you know, what, what you don't want to do is make metrics your driver and think about them and at that close way. You want to think ultimately about metrics reflecting stuff. But actually the metrics aren't the issue. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think the issue here is in the UK system is the, 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 the metrics is the pressure on the, the pressure our institutions put on individuals. That's a different thing from metrics. But um, isn't that Intricately, in, intricately tied up with metrics, that once metrics, external metrics are in place and there's funding tied to it back to institutions, that then that, so, that pressure bubbles so, down through the institutions so, to individuals. So that exists, so tenure has existed in the States and the tenure gateways exist in the States long before the prominence of metrication, right? So it was about, you know, it was about a judgment on you, but based on CVs and other things. So, 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 so. There is a kind of um, there is a sense by which um, this is, so I think the thing is that's happened is that the um, the um, I'm sure this has happened at your own institution it happens at most institutions you will hear institutions talk about being more business like and adopting business principles and and I suppose what I'd actually then want to do is what business. And what yes. business are you talking about? And so the business tends to be one, a business, business based around competition and productivity and notion yes. of productivity. Mm. But there are other businesses. Um, the arts and entertainment business is as much a business and it's about talent and talent management. And so, so, so there are a particular kind of predominance of, of particular business modalities and commodification of research that has actually had a strong influence, mm. I would say. And I think that's that's where you get a real kind of kind of tension. Um, so, and there's where there's where it kind of feels a bit feels a bit of a kind of interesting thing about how you how you do things which take a long time to pay out. Mm, yes, and I think that's in terms where, of research. In terms of research. Yeah. Um, yeah. And certainly, um, I, I, you know, as a colleague once put, put this, is I just have to wait for everybody to catch up. Mm. Everyone's rejecting these papers, and I, I, I know of one colleague went through a situation of doing this. So, so if you take um, Steve Benford's work, so Steve, Steve, you know, you know, very. Great friend, a great colleague, but but Steve went through a process in the early days of collaborative virtual environments of having multiple significant rejections for eighteen months. Okay, and then everybody caught up with the idea. Yes, yep. And then everybody published it, but there was a period of 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 of, of that, 
And actually, that's replicated in the software-defined networks community. It's re- you, you see that pattern, that pattern of an idea taking a while, taking a while to socialise yeah. and un- be understood. Yeah, and people aren't comfortable accepting outside of sort of yeah what's yeah. known and yeah. accepted. And, and and so you get that phenomenon mm. as well happening. So you so so I think and uh, and so so I think dealing with that and the other argument that I kind of would probably encourage people to think about is to think about their career as being 30 years long, not far, not the next three years. That can be a bit difficult when people have tenure or equivalent indeed. or promotions indeed. And that's, horizons and that's, that are and, you know, and, in three and, years or five years. And that's the dilemma. Yes. That's absolutely the dilemma. So, so what you don't want to... So your trade-off is not sacrificing those 30 years for the, for, for that. And to think about the sustainability of it, and I think I think that's easy for me to say now. Um, and certainly, you know. So what what could that mean practically? Someone sort of thinking more about the sustainability and the longer term perspective, even though they know they have a tenure track or a, a promotion coming up. So, what sort of decisions would you make differently? Do you think? So one one of which one of which I. I encourage and mentor with my, the colleagues that I have in Nottingham and elsewhere is to is to understand the rhythm of the university. So, so you so universities are big, complex organisations, and they operate at the pace they operate. Trying to push them to go fast will frustrate you. So, 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 so don't so, so, so and will burn energy that you mm. don't that you could be using elsewhere. So, so, so. Um, and so build for those things to take a period of time and just, in a sense, understand that um, un- and understand that those things kind of take kind of take time to do that. I mean, the other thing I would actually also encourage everybody to do um, at all stages is, is have people that they talk to as mentors quite regularly, mm-hmm. both up, down mm-hmm. and sideways. Do you have a formal mentorship structure at Nottingham? Um, we we have a notionally formal mentor- mentorship Um but, but I think generally, generally I have a, I have a number of people that I that I turn to and talk to about things and solicit ideas, including yourself, for example, where I'll just kind of kind of talk through things, both as as colleagues, um, and I think I think understanding your place in a community and a community broadly, and talking through a community and working through things with people, I find a useful way of kind of. Of, of dealing with that um, and he- and helping do the, do those thing- do those things, um, I I the danger with the formal structures and and and, and is is that they often end up lip service. Yeah. They often end up bot bot you know bot checking exercise. I think what you I think what you probably need more is is just people that you feel comfortable having a chat with. And mostly those tend to be social networks that are constructed in and around things like conferences and they persist over a period of time for, with you as well. Yeah. And I think you've also been very good in these big collaborative projects that you've, mm. you've led and I yeah. had the privilege of being part of one sort of, you know, taking over from Yvonne Rogers in the Equator project. Um, creating an environment within projects where people... Whether you know, you talked about the importance of having time and space yeah. for curiosity and yeah. you know exploring your interests and having yeah. fun. And I think you've done a good job in the big projects that you've managed in creating the space for people yeah. to do that. And I think some of that mentorship and support yeah. um, 
is able to emerge out of those relationships and as it, well. Yeah, so so I think so I think for particularly the big big investments like this, and, and again, this is something that this you know actively encouraged by many of the in the UK. Um, they're about autonomy. So 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 your role is to create that space. So so it's so 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 the general the general model is so so I th- yeah let let's this works at different levels of scale works at big scale and works at other scale so 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 think of the work and the quality of the work you do as the resources to build your narrative right so 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 if you have a large number of really good bits of work you can construct the narrative from it. So constructing a space and meeting any of the targets of deliverables is possible because you've got good resources, so the the material you're working with, and so creating the space to do that good work is 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 what you do. So 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 in terms of relationships with sponsors or funders, it, it's like make sure you've got the good work and then figure out how to match it to their expectations and and. And I think that's part of what the craft of doing these projects are, right? In those but ones. doesn't the structure of, say, European projects go against that? Because they have such a strong, predefined set of yes. uh, work packages yep. and deliverables that actually it's the ant- antithesis of creating space. It creates pressure of, and not doesn't allow space for good work to emerge because you had to have pre-specified everything in advance. There is a dilemma on me answering this now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so if, if I'm, if I'm no, compromising no, no, your no, current no, well, position, well, I, I don't. I, I wouldn't possibly want to comment on the policies of other funding bodies, right? Um, the, so that is the dilemma. The dilemma. The dilemma in all research, whatever the research is, whether it's industrially supported, EU supported, or other supported, is understanding um, understanding the levels of specificity. Um, of what it is that you've to deliver and what the negotiations around that is. So, 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 the, and and actually, I, I think the advice I'd actually give people is inspect that, look at the funding, think about the funding, think about what the funding does for your work. Funding, um, Roger Needham, famous computer scientist in the UK, um, ran the first set of these ref. RE panels, as they were then called. So this and, is research assessment yeah, exercise where every yeah, university yeah. has to submit uh, a, pol- all their a portfolio of work, and then they're judging the quality. Yeah. And he was asked explicitly about how you would judge research funding. Okay, and the quote that he uses, I really like. So, so he's he's professor at Cambridge. Cambridge is in Suffolk. It's a, in the UK. It's a part of the world where all where lots of fruit and soft fruit famous for its jam, among other things. And he said, um, you know, he says, um, I view funding as essential manure to stimulate the growth of strawberries, but what we need to do is count the strawberries. Okay? And I think that's, there's a a really interesting tension Mm. in my lived experience at universities. I am not an income source. I am a researcher. Many parts of my organisation would like to put me in a balance sheet and make me an income source and therefore see for those people the result is the income. Yes. But actually the income is the means to then has to be converted to delivery of research. And I think I think where where you've got to be careful as a researcher is understanding that delivery. And so 
So there, so frankly, there's good and there's bad funding. Be careful you don't end up with funding that drives you in the wrong direction, mm. that you have to deliver the wrong thing. So I think part of it is kind of inspect that money. And, um, you know, we've, we've been pushed around uh, our own institution as a lab, even though we've got large amounts of funding, because we didn't have enough European funding from their perspective for balanced portfolio. This was a choice of us to actually take other sorts of funding and to think about capacity. And I think I think that 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 involves a little bit of personal courage actually. It involves a little say, bit of a little bit of kinda willing to kinda not go to the knee jerk there's money and yeah. need the money yeah. reaction. And also having the confidence to uh, really stop and reflect about how you define yourself as a researcher and what's research for you yeah. and being yeah. prepared to stand up for that. Yeah, or, or be true to it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that that isn't to no, I don't I wouldn't want to 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 state that I think that there are different qualities or types of research, but it's actually understanding whether what you do and the types of research you do matches to the, those funding yeah. models. I mean I often have the you know physicists find the current funding regime really problematic because the current regime for regime in the UK and throughout most given the current economic climates are impact and growth dominated if you're a physicist interested in the fundamental nature of matter you find it really quite hard mm. right and i mm. think and and so it's a matching your style of fund your style of research to the kind of funding and the space to do the research so i think part of the question is 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 is, is this really what i want to do has to actually kind of be applied or and also i think the other point of it point of funding is is does the does doing this create the space for me to do the things I want to do? So 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 understand that tactic about how to use funding, I think, is, is important. So how would you reflect on your own sort of research identity over the years then? Because it's you know you're talking now from a position of having had lots of experience and and really being confident in your own mm, perception mm. of what research is for you. Um so, so tell it. So, so the uh, the so kind of angst that I would have about my own f funding identity, and I think some of this about the kind of changing nature of it. Um, so, I I feel that I've done lots of stuff, <laughs> um, and it's been very distributed in its where it's done in its. So, so I'm I, I and I would contrast this with um, researchers that have built an identity for a single thing mm -hmm. and done that single thing um so so you know uh, so 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 and and done that and contributed well so 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 when i beat myself up i beat myself up for lack of focus mm -hmm. um i beat myself up for lack of um kind of for 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 moving moving too quickly between fields or changing fields so this is but then i reflect on the that's the kind of person I am, and I tend to enjoy discovering and opening up new questions as much as as working through to the depth of the question. I think, and I think some of this is is about you know on the negative days you beat yourself up for it, but then in the more reflective days, and you say, well, that's just the kind of research. But are I you am. beating yourself up? For it, because you're comparing yourself to someone else who you've just seen who's deep I'm, and I, I'm, I'm, um, uh, yes. focused. Yeah. Yes, I think I think everybody does this. Mm. Everybody, everybody has a sense of 
their own inadequacies and they will be able to pick a person or a researcher who they wish they were. Because I also beat myself up about being broad and eclectic, but I know I would be bored silly being yeah, in but and I, I, but I think I think everybody does. I think I think that's the thing about this is 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 a kind of it's an un, it's an insecure thing you're mm. doing. It's a very personal thing. It's something you commit a lot of your belief and time into, and it gets close emotionally, kind of close to you, um, and and you will always be able to find people that from your perspective you feel are doing a much better job than you. And this is at every level. Okay? So I, 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 and and I have spoken of, yeah, I think it's at every level. I mean, I I have. But is it less now, do you think, for you? Or is it still the case for you? I think it's probably still the case for me. Yeah. Uh, So I still get nervous about things. Like what? Um, So, uh, so, so we recently, recently, you, it was this very room, myself and Derek McCauley were in here and being interviewed by, by many people that we'd worked with and known. And I was nervous. I was nervous about it. And I was, and of course I'm nervous about it. Mm. Um, and, and, and that's, that's just part of what you have to kind of learn to deal with. I think if um, and you know, and, I get worried about proposals and whether they're good. I get worried about whether they. I get excited about papers are right, um, and I, and I get worried. I get worried about whether you know. I, I, I don't. I don't have an assurance. I don't think I've got a massively stronger assuredness about what I say than I did. Yeah. I don't think. It, yeah. I don't think. It, I think I'm equally. But from what you said before, yeah. uh, maybe recovering a little bit more quickly I've from got it, or be- putting it back in perspective. So, so what again. I've got is a better armory of coping tactics mm-hmm. for it, and understanding it in, in terms of that, and understanding the, the generic kind of coping tactics around that. And um, and we vary. I mean, um, my wife is also an academic, is interesting. So so her recovery time on this is 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 much faster than mine. And has always been much faster mm-hmm. than mine. Uh, so people are just different as well. Takes me, you know, a rejection takes me a week or so to get over. She's a rough day, and then she's on, and then she's on to fixing the next right. thing. She's much better at taking it, riding out, and then going on to the next thing. Whereas with me, it keeps coming back every now and again. So is that? Do you think that is just individual differences? I think it's. Indi- I think yeah. it's individual. I think. Yeah. I think it's about recognizing yourself yeah. and recognizing yeah. that, that that's the kind of person, the individual that you are. Well. So you, you you mentioned your wife, yeah. um, Boriana. So you know you're in an interesting situation where two of you are academics and doing very well, and you've also recently had a family with two kids. So how do you reflect back on those sort of changes as well? Because if I may be, uh, if I may remember, um, you were somewhat of a workaholic, I would say. Would you say? I yes, I'm. I'm yeah, oh, no, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no, no. Um, let Let's go. Th- kind of go through through that um, so I think one of the things as you said I'm driven by passion I'm driven by angst and angst and, and so so occasionally you've got to balance that out with understanding the, the understanding um, you know the, there are periods in, in where, where that intensity and that kind of blocking everything else out but the kind of intensity of the thing you're doing is welcome um, mm-hmm. 
And, and through so my working hard isn't always feeling like feeling bad. It's, no, it can no, be a no, good no, positive, no, no. absolutely uh, energetic just, thing. Yeah. Um, um, and and so those kind of moments are kind of hard hard work. Um, so I suppose the if we do the kind of family thing first, it's going. To, I was asked this question about um, actually I was asked this question at, at once in, at an interview. Um, about oh this is a very big job and you know how how would you cope with the size of a scale of jobs that that I says well and, and my response was yeah interestingly over time my orientation to this had changed at one point in my life when I was before I was married um, and before before I had children um, what I threw at the problem was time mm-hmm. okay now what I throw at the problem is selection. And that's it's, it's you know, and I would describe it that way. You, you, you your tactic switches. It switches from you, I was able to throw time in it, and times what I threw at things. And, and you so actually enjoyed throwing and time it, and that it was fine. Well. And it wasn't. Um, I never never throw selection at it. So I now have. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you, so so this will amuse you, but yeah, but we're we're now. We're now wondering whether I'm I'm going to get enough holiday time to take all the holidays I've got. Whereas planned. years ago you never took holidays. Yes, I remember. I remember getting teased for coming to Australia for two days. I remember and not taking any holidays no, at the same time. No, yeah. So, but it's now. It's it's the other. It's inside and and apart. You know, I think I think the thing I've learned. Uh, so now I've got a rather challenging role, um, and I've got a challenging role which involves quite a lot of kind of commuting and things as well. But actually, I think um, I think for me, what what what's made that makes it work for us as a family, I think there's two or three things. Um, so I think the first thing of which is both of us being academics in the same research area, in the same field, understand were grumpy when Kai reject our best papers and accept our scrappiest papers, for example. Not, not that that's ever happened, but in the hypothetical, hypothetical world, yes. that's happened, yes. I understand that that's the source of our grumpiness and we're mm. able to understand that mm. as being a grumpiness about that. And so, so the great advantage of being in the same area is that legibility. Yes. We understand the pressures. We understand the dynamics. We um, so so. Boriana's currently director of teaching, so she's having to do the direct. She's having to manage the whole teaching for the whole department, right? Um, Big job. Yeah, yeah. So 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 so. Um, and so when we have been in holiday recently, we were away for three three weeks. Um, you know, we understood. You know, there wasn't a big tension by the fact that Boriana would take an hour or two to do email for a few days in the mornings. Um, and or that I would take an hour to do another thing. So 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 you got that understanding, um, and then but alongside that, I think there's also something I'm not, I, I strive to do, and I think um, um, is to compartmentalise as strong as I can. So when you're at home, be at home, be present. Being and that, present is really and that's different to just being there. And yeah, and and so. Being and, and so what taught me that mm. was um, was when was when my when my girls at, from age three learned would shut my laptop for me and take it off me. Good <laughs> that, on them. That that's what that, you know. that was a message and yeah. a half. Hey? So they, they they just would close the yeah. laptop yeah. and say, and then and that 
that I then learned so to look at me, Daddy. Yeah, yeah, we're playing. Yeah. Play, yeah. play, Daddy, play. Um, and I think that, and I think that's part of what you have to kind mm. of do is kind of get get yourself into the ability to do that. Um, and so, what are the strat- do you have any very practical strategies that you do to try and compartmentalize better and to, you know, when you are home to be more present? Well, so what's worked for the new job? New job has got a couple of hours commute, two to three hours commute, is that I don't do anything at home because I've got enough space in the travel to do the things to prepare me for work and to take me off work. So that so 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 I tend to kind of do 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 that as best as best I can. Um, obviously, Boriana will refute all of this <laughs> as well. Um, the so so there's a little bit of kind of tactics of trying to of doing that and also the other one is be tactical about certain things so um let's take marking marking's a mm-hmm. good example so so the 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 weekend of hell marking right so what we what we um what we used to do was plan it we used to um we used to say a reward we will mark for four hours and then we're going to go out for a nice dinner or we'll do this and then we'll do that. And I think you actually plan the kind of bit where you're working and then give yourself the break and reward when you're not and try and try, rather than trying to intermingle two things. That's much harder with kids, actually. Because, because you know, but it does, you know, but but it is actually understanding how, how to do that a little so bit. So there's part of that that's also about making a positive choice that you... you there's marking you need to do, and yep. you are choosing to use a certain part of this day, but to you're not that. wasting the whole day on no, it. You know, no, you that's are right. compartmentalising yeah. that yeah. and yeah. Yeah, creating space for other yeah. things. Yeah, and actually just tacti- but, being tactical in mm, doing that. Whereas sometimes I can, you know, I have memories of you know, just thinking about, oh, I ought to be marking, I ought to be marking all day, and I can lose the whole day and, and, and that, not actually that, get marking um, done. For me, it's setting exam questions. That's the one that. That's my. Tr- so actually, the other thing is there's certain bits of your job that 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 you procrastinate over to the extent that by the time you get to do it, you go, "What the hell was it that they asked?" For me, it was set, it's setting exam questions. I don't know why, but getting me to write exam questions and exam papers, I just. So it can take half an hour of actual work and ten hours of Day, no, weeks, uh, procrastination. Weeks and days, <laughs> weeks and days, right? It's, it's like really, really, uh, it's a mm. real Achilles heel for me. Um, and, and I think so. I think some, and some of that's right. You know, trying to do that as be, as, as kind of best you can, um, and understanding understanding that kind of compartmentalization. I think so is is kind of useful. I mean, we've. Um, you know, we 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 tended to try and do as much of that as we can. And the other thing I think that's actually, I think, is rather interesting. I mean, also, you know, um, there's always another, right? Whatever it is, there's always another. Absolutely, another yeah. deadline, another proposal, a, yeah, a call. And the other thing about it is, you know, it, it's only a job. Yeah. Um, it's it's only a job. There's always another. Um, and, you, you know, it's, 
it's hard to not get it's hard to not get things so intensified in the moment mm. but ultimately you're going to always try and remember that you've got to always remember that that i mean i'm really you know we're genuinely able to construct an environment which allows us to do things we love mm. um do you mean as academics as generally, academics generally yeah. to do things we love um and and i think occasionally we forget that that's quite rare yeah that isn't that isn't everyone's normal work experience or working experience um and i suppose the thing about this is don't you know do that mm. actively do that construct the world to do the things you want to do and you like doing because the power's still there to do that um and then realize just how 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 rare and how how precious that is i mean it's um i have you know colleagues that i have colleagues that have significantly higher remuneration but are incredibly bored yeah um i have colleagues that are have got um the 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 worry about the finances and and don't have you know uh, you know and friends and so so i think we're i think i, th I think it's easy to fixate cathartically fixate on the on the limitations yes um as well but but and and i think we we have to also kind of reflect on a few things so for me from you know i have seen a large parts of the world um i have met and worked with some brilliant people who are my deep friends that i've met through work um and that i have tremendous kind of ability to kind of do that you know that's not everyone's day job that's no, not what it's like yeah. for the world you know the fact that we've you know the fact that we are going oh you know for example i travel so much i don't think i can go to Miami or New York for a meeting. There are people in the world who who actually don't necessarily think of this as a problem, right? Uh, but but so so I think there is a kind of sense of of for me that 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 kind of freedom still exists. Um, it's constrained. And I was going to say with different um, boundaries shapes yeah. around it yeah. relative to some years ago. Yeah. But, but but it's still there yeah. and it's still constrained. It's yeah. still it's still still able to happen yep. um, and we're still able to you know still able to do that and to be able to do that and it's still valued mm. so well. the very much points is that we have the power to shape the, the way we think about yeah. our own job and what we focus on yeah and we have the power to make choices yeah within whatever constraints yeah. there are there are still yeah. choices that we can make yeah um, and and you know I, and so so having made that a kind of shift recently in the last month or so there was a kind of um i i i sat it took a while before i decided i wanted to do this job right um and and part of it was being aware of what you're going to stop doing as well and what the change means for you because so, every yes you said time 
you know, yeah. what you can throw at yeah. time is your yeah. only resource. Yeah. Every yes is a no to something yeah. else. Yes. So everything, every yes is a no. But also it's the, also the kind of, <laughs> be careful you, be careful you don't give up the bits of your job you love too quickly, I think would be the way I'd say it. Um, and I think, and I think this is something about, this is less for, this is, this was, is your mid, mid career kind of challenge. Um, or as I call it, the problem of demonstrating competency. Um, so, so if you demonstrate sufficient competency in organizational matters, Within an academic environment, mm. your reward is more mm. work in that domain. Yes. If you demonstrate competency in policy, your your reward is more work in that domain, or in academic leadership, or leading large bids, or and so so be aware that that those pressures also start to mount as as an academic. So so you will become, you know, managerial roles, administrative roles, broad service roles will will, will and. And be aware that, that that's another feature of your job and the changing nature mm. of your job. So, you know, so so you so you very quickly, um, so you very quickly get another set of kind of challenges um, in terms of management and in terms of of, do, of of broad governance and understand understand that kind of trade off and. And controlling your exposure to that to the best you can, I think, is part of that and understand that. Again, it's stuff I, with me, it was, I was always kind of stuff that was interesting was yes. fine. And, yep. and actually, I enjoyed doing enjoy, those things yes. and that was fine. But, 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 but understand, so, so I was able to swap liking one thing for liking yes. something that was different. Yeah. And new challenges. And, and new challenges. So, but, but, but it comes but, back to know. a theme that you've said about lots of things, which is being aware of yourself and what yeah. you like. Yeah. And so if you are someone who likes yeah. that, great. But if yeah. it's energy sapping for yeah. you, yeah. stop. Yeah. Do, or or, or yeah, or try right. try and find a way to yeah. stop. Or try to find a way to and stop. And so, so sometimes yeah. these things aren't yeah. in your control. And some and some parts let's be clear uh, a bit, big but <laughs> there are parts of your job that 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 <laughs> I describe it this way. There's a reason the, the the number in my bank account at the end of the month goes up, and there are days when <laughs> there are days when that's what it's about. It's about doing the chore, doing, doing the work that you have to do, doing the work that you have to do, yeah. and and having the responsibility yeah. of doing that, and understanding that that has to be delivered as well. And so that so so it's not that everything can always be absolutely, but but kind of understanding that balance, understanding that that the, the, there are bits that you you prioritise doing, you want to do, and you enjoy doing, yeah. Um, Tom, uh, time has marched oh. way on, yeah, yeah. but really interesting. Are there any sort of final just thoughts or reflections about anything academic like the universe? <laughs> um, I, I'm not sure that I'm not sure that there, I'm not sure I really would think of those like all these things. It's it's um. I think my orientation probably actually I'll, I'll do I'll do a slightly strange reflection. Um, as somebody who's spent his life um, working incredibly closely with people who understand and study everyday practice and everyday practicalities, it's it's no surprise that I end up orientating 
to my work and my life as incredibly pragmatic, worked-up achievement rather than and it being a set of simple, practical, everyday matters rather than a big, abstract thing. So, mm. so, so none of this is a big surprise. I think that's most... Don't know what that means. Your attention, please. Your attention, please. Would all start working after 7pm? Please sign in the late... Okay, time to leave. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So we've we've just had an announcement telling us that it's seven o'clock and the building's to going go. to close and yep. time to go home, which is really nice message about it's time to go home. Yes. There's time to work and time to go yeah. home. So this is our time to go home. <laughs> so Tom, thank you really very much for just uh, talking with yeah. me and sharing so many really interesting perspectives on being an academic and what we can do to take control yeah. for ourselves. If you enjoyed this podcast and want to hear more, you can subscribe to Changing Academic Life on iTunes and you can follow Change ACAD Life on Twitter. You can also go to the website www.changingacademiclife.com.